Champions Mojo is part of the CG Sports Network. It was really just the cohesion of, of the men's and women's team that really helped get everyone through it. Welcome to Champions Mojo, a podcast to bring out your inner champion. Your hosts are sisters-in-law, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Kelly is a former Division I head swim coach, Olympic trials qualifier, and holds national and world records in master swimming. Maria holds world records in endurance cycling and won the world's toughest bike race, Race Across America. Both are certified health and life coaches. Our goal is to inspire you through conversations with champions. And now your host, Kelly Pallas. Maria, you and I have recently learned about a top 10 new app being used by our friends and Olympic champions, Elizabeth Beisel, Carolyn Joyce, and Maggie Steffens. And that's the Indy app. And they are the sponsor of today's show. Yes, Indy allows athletes, thought leaders, and everyday experts in any field to earn extra income by sharing their knowledge. With the Indy app, anyone can easily create lessons, make product recommendations, or create personalized content, which they can then post for people interested in what they know. I love this app, Kelly, because it allows anyone with know-how to earn income even without a huge social media following. And it's simple to get started. Download the Indie app, upload your content, set a price, and share. So go to Indie.com, that's I-N-D-I.com, or find Indie in the Apple or Google Play Store and cash in on your passions today. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast. And as usual, I am co-hosting with Maria Parker. Hey, Maria. Hi, Kelly. Before we tell you a little bit about our guest, Coleman Stewart, today, let's welcome him to the show as he sits there. Hey, welcome, Coleman. Welcome, Coleman. We're so excited to be talking to you today. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Great, great. I like that shirt. Hey. (laughs) All right. Maria, um, you know I'm excited to welcome a champion that is on such an upward trajectory that we want to hear some of the secrets. It's none other then superstar backstroker Coleman Stewart. Coleman is fresh off completing an awesome first year as a pro swimmer in the International Swimming League and being part of the overall championship team, the Cali Condors. Another team that Coleman has helped build into a powerhouse is his alma mater, NC State University, where for the Wolfpack, he earned two NCAA titles, one in his own event, the 100 Backstroke, And he earned 22 All-American honors and was a 13-time ACC champion. So as an NC State alum swimmer myself, I'm a little bit of a fangirl here. Maria, what else can you tell us about Coleman? Sure, Kelly. As you said, Coleman just keeps getting faster and faster. At an early December invitational meet, he swam the second all-time fastest 100-yard backstroke that is, he was the second fastest performer as, at, at the 100-yard backstroke in history. He's behind Ryan Murphy, um, who is an Olympic champion and a world record holder. As you mentioned, he made the most of his first year as a pro swimmer, earning a nice payout from his ISL swimming. So we're really looking forward to talking with Coleman about what an exciting last six weeks he's had in ISL, his recent history-making swim, and see if we can learn something from this champion. So let's get to it. Yes. Let's welcome Coleman again to the show. Um, Coleman, it's it's just great to have you here. It sure is. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Like I said, I'm excited to be here. Great. Great. So, Coleman, before we get into the questions, I, I've got to tell you uh, the little story of how I actually kind of got tuned into Coleman Stewart. As an NC State alum, I, 
I think you might've been a freshman, definitely not past your sophomore year, but I went to the UVA NC state dual meet at UVA. So I drove in there. Um, I was visiting my dad in Richmond and I, I thought, Oh, Hey, I'm, I'm close to my wolf pack. I'm going to go watch the, the meet there. And you had not really, um, done a whole lot to grab attention. In fact, I think Stuart Hennessy was there and at that time, wasn't he? And he was kind of the premier backstroker for NC state before you. And, um, and so mm-hmm. I, I was sitting there and I happened to be sitting next to your dad. So mm-hmm. your dad oh, came, came to that <laughs> meet. One of your biggest fans. <laughs> and so I just had, you know, I just, we were like one of the few NC staters in the stands because it was an away meet. And, um, you know, I, I think I'm wearing an NC state shirt and your dad might've been too, but we, we connected and I said, Oh, who is your son? And he said, it's uh, Coleman Stewart. And I'm sorry, but I was like, who? You know, it was kind of like, um, I didn't say who, but he said, Oh, and it was like at that moment you were swimming and he goes, yeah, he's right there. He's swimming the 200 back. And I looked up or maybe it was the hunter, whatever it was one of your events, but it was, it was definitely a backstroke. And I remember just totally focusing in on your swim and seeing your underwaters and thinking, I got to remember this guy's name. I, I, you know, and, and you know, my background as a D one coach and a total student of swimming for the last, you know, 40 years, I have just had my head in swimming and I am very tuned in to up and comers. And I said to myself, I got to make a note of this guy's name. And sure enough, okay, this was, you know, this was, this is what's happened. I, I could have predicted it as, you know, a coach and somebody watching. So my first question for you, and one that my husband, literally, I came in to record and my husband said, make sure you ask Coleman about his underwaters. So I think you probably have been asked this before, but I think anybody who's ever watched you swim, you have, to me, the best underwaters of anybody I've ever seen. And we'd like to know from my husband wants to know. And I'm sure if, if my husband wants to know, many, many other people want to know. Tell us about your underwaters. Well, thank you for all the kind words. <laughs> and uh, that's a really funny story about my dad, actually. Yeah, he's, he uh, has missed very few meets. Both my parents have missed very few meets. And you know, I'm really lucky to have them as a support system. But uh, yeah, on the underwaters, um, you know, I really just have to give it all to, to Braden and the training style that we do. I mean, it's just so focused on underwater driven uh, swimmers like myself and, you know, a handful of guys who have come before me and after me, they're all, all the uh, training is really, really centered around underwater swimming. So Braden just really knows how to get the most out of those 15 meters at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's cool. So if, um, if somebody's listening like a young kid on their way to swim practice or a master swimmer like me, what, what would you say would be a couple of things that they could do in their underwaters that would make them better that you do like you, when you're in, when your mind is underwater and you're out of breath, what, what are you doing? Um, I really just try to think about making sure the technique is correct and, you know, like pressing with the chest first and then the rest of the body kind of follows like a whip after that. Um, you know, because it's an underwater kick, everyone thinks it's mainly leg driven, which legs obviously play a huge part, but the movement starts and initiates with the core and the chest. And then, like I said, the rest of the body just kind of follows. So 
that's kind of the biggest thing that I think about, especially going into the last turn of a hundred back, like knowing my legs are going to die. I just try to really think about focusing on the, the chest and the core and then worry about the legs when we get there. Mm. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's great advice. advice. So oh my gosh. You're, yeah. Your legs are following and you just think about putting, pushing your chest up and out. Wonderful. Yeah. I love it. Okay. That's exactly what I wanted to go to. So that was a good technical question. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, so before we get to this fantastic hunter back that you just went 43, six, holy goodness, that is fast. Um, tell us about uh, the ISL bubble and what it was like and, you know, the Cali Condors winning, just give us some, some update on that. Well, yeah, I mean, it was one of the, mo- I mean, it was one of the most fun times I've had around swimming, being around all those huge names like Caleb Dressel, Kelsey Dahlia, Lily King, like all the Olympians that we had on our team, American and from uh, the other countries that were very well represented. It was just really eye-opening. Um, I learned a lot. Everyone was so nice, willing to like help teach and help guide all the rookies who were there. What did you need help with? Definitely learning how to swim short course meters because it's a lot different than long course meters and a lot different than short course yards. Um, So Caleb was definitely one of the biggest guys to just kind of like, especially behind the blocks in the ready room, he was just super goofy, which I really like. I'm not a serious person. So he was just kind of like cracking jokes uh, when we were getting ready for the relays and stuff. That was super nice. Um, Olivia Smaliga was always always there to help anyone. Um, you know, she, she, you know, helped or she asked me a few questions about underwaters, which was really cool to have her cause she's known for her <laughs> underwaters come up and, and ask me something. Um, yeah. I mean, overall it was, uh, a really, really long six weeks to be away from home for that long racing six times in six weeks was really, really tough. My body is, uh, hurting a little bit, but, you know, it's definitely worth it. Um, yeah, I think the Condors, we obviously came away with the win. Uh, that was our, our goal the whole time. We definitely wanted to, to win the whole thing, win every meet, and then just kind of go from there. And, you know, I think we did it through the cohesion of the team. It was really, really natural and organic. You know, we never really had to have any team meetings where we had to do icebreakers or anything everybody just clicked and got along really well so yeah I mean it was just a a lot of fun and I'm so glad I was able to be a part of it and yeah can you tell us one story that sort of sticks out in your mind either during a meet or or sometime back at the hotel or something that was just like you thought oh man this is so great I mean there (laughs) there's so many and you know being there for six weeks you know, it was, it's hard to pin down just, just one, but, you know, I think after, uh, before the final session or the final meet, sorry, um, Jason, you know, our, our general manager, Jason Lezak, who, you know, everyone in the sport of swimming knows who he is growing up. I just was dying to meet him, you know, and when he finally gave me the call to be on the team, it was just, Oh, I, I mean, <laughs> just to get a call from Jason Lezak was really, really cool. But right before the final meet, he was uh, giving us a little pump up speech, which he doesn't normally do. It was a little out of character for him. But, uh, you know, he was just going through his story and 
just to hear that was was really really cool and to be a part of his team his you know little little project of making the cali condors into a uh, a championship team was was really really cool and something i'll you know forever be grateful for and so after six weeks are these your brothers and sisters now these fellow swimmers yeah definitely i mean they we're always we're always there for each other you know if you had a bad swim you had a good swim caleb before the first meet it was all you know that he coined the well he didn't coin the phrase but you know he said there ain't no crying and swimming so everyone's just kind of <laughs> good swim or bad swim you, he, uh, he's told us you have three minutes to get over it and you know i think that that helped the team a lot too oh that's great that's great what is it like coleman to now be a pro swimmer what is that kind of feel like and look like and something you're excited about that in the future? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it was a little bit different um, because usually our, our pro team trains with the, you know, in a junction or in conjunction, sorry, with the, the college team, but obviously with the pandemic, we weren't able to do that for the entire summer. So then leading into the fall and leading into the ISL. So we were able to kind of, we were able to find a little bit of uh, pool space in a local pool. So thank you to RSA Raleigh Swimming Association for giving us the pool time. Um, so that was a little bit different. You know, I, I wasn't able to swim with most of the guys that I had swum with before. So, um, you know, it was, it was, I think there were 10 of us with a handful of coaches. So the, um, attention to detail was a lot, a lot more focused on us, which was good. But other than that, I mean, I still want to compete for, you know, NC state, even though I'm not directly affiliated with them anymore, but, you know, they'll always have, you know, a huge part of, of me, you know, and I, I hope that I can just keep bringing a good name to NC state. And, you know, the, the PBG and the diamond and everything that the, this team swims for and just the school in general. So although I am competing, you know, for as a pro, you know, just for myself, you know, I think there's still a lot more behind the scenes. So, you know, every every day in training, I'm still thinking about, you know, the am I making NC State proud? Am I making the alumni proud and, and just trying to really build a name for NC State? as a college and, uh, you know, our Wolfpack elite pro team now. Well, I, I have to jump in here on this one because there's no doubt you're obviously doing that and, and not just for the men's team, but, uh, tell us about your relationship and, uh, or mentorship of, uh, Catherine Burkoff, who just swam the, in the same meet with you, you go the second, you're the second fast, fastest performer in history, in the hundred back and she swims the number one NCAA time in the nation for women. Um, you know, so you're both hundred backstrokers, obviously Braden's doing something right there, but has, uh, I'm sure you've inspired Catherine. What, what kind of, um, you know, friendship or mentorship do you, do you have anything going on there with her swimming so fast? Uh, I mean, she is just so much fun to train with. I met her for the first time when we went to Naples for the world university games in 2019. And she was like really goofy. Then she still is really goofy. And I think we, we got along really well in training because we're both pretty similar minded where 
we obviously want to go fast and we need to in training, if we're not going fast, then we get upset with ourselves and sometimes we can get on our own heads. But um, for the most part, we kind of just make fun of each other. And I think that really helps. It takes a lot of pressure off of the, the, Oh, I need to swim fast. And it just kind of shifts it more towards, you know, I, I just want to, I want to swim fast because it's more fun like that. So she, she's a lot of fun to train with. Um, like I said, super goofy, um, very, very loud. And just, um, and I, <laughs> I mean this it. in the nicest way, <laughs> obnoxious. like she, I mean, like she is like just so much fun. I love training with her. Um, and yeah, I mean, Braden does have a lot of good backstrokers. So to have Catherine in that group is, is really, really cool. Well, okay. So here's my question for you. You've been just getting better and better, obviously, you know, your whole life. And now all for, for the outsiders, all of the sudden, you know, you're this really important international swimmer. Is there something, did something change? Um, Can you tell us what, I guess, let me, let me ask a more open-ended question is, is, you know, what's, what's, what has gone on in the last year or, you know, really that's, that's, that's made, that's helped you get where you are today. Um, I don't know if it's something that's, you know, just one singular thing, but I think the biggest thing that has helped me in the last four years is having Braden as a coach. Um, he's been so much help in and out of the pool, uh, from a mental aspect of, you know, if I have a, a bad workout, he's pretty good at being able to shut it off outside of the pool and still like trying to talk to me and figuring out why it was bad because, you know, for the most part, he knows that I'm not just going to give up, you know, it's, there has to be something else going on. So I think having Braden as that mentor and, and coach and just kind of like leader has been really, really good for me. Um, and in the past year, um, you know, after 2019 NCAAs, when I, I got second, I didn't successfully defend the title. And, you know, I was in a pretty rough mental state and, but Braden and my girlfriend and my family, you know, they were all there to help bring me back up. So I think that's one thing that changed my mindset after not winning that, uh, not winning the hundred back again. Um, like I kind of touched on it earlier, like, like with Catherine, where I just like to have fun in, in swimming. Um, that's kind of what, what really shifted it for me was I focused so much in 2018, 19 to win. And that's all I thought about. I never thought about losing. I never thought like, you know, I'm not, like, I never thought I'm going to lose. It was always, I'm going to win. And then when I touched and I saw second, you know, even though it was the best time, it was like just gut wrenching and I did not handle it well. Um, I didn't handle it correctly. So this, you know, my senior year, I really shifted and just really tried to focus on having fun. Even if I was swimming horribly slow in practice, I still tried to smile and it wasn't like a, like just a forced smile. Like I tried to actually have fun in practice and Braden definitely helped with that. And one of our volunteer assistants, who's um, no longer at NC state, Travis Morin, he was a 
really big part of that too. So Coleman, um, that is like a, a great, a great thing that you you're talking about your senior year, because so many people, when they refer to people that got let down by the NCAAs being canceled last year, your name often comes up because you won the, uh, the title in the hundred back your sophomore year, you got second year, junior year and going into your senior year at ACC's you hadn't shaved. You weren't tapered. You were still swimming your best ever. You're again on this upward trajectory and everybody, you know, was pretty much a kind of a done deal. You were going to win the hundred back your senior year, but you didn't get to even go to NCAAs. So how did you handle that? Um, you know, similar to 2019, it was just a support system of, you know, when Braden had to tell us, I mean, it was miserable for him. He obviously didn't enjoy doing that. He puts just as much into this sport and this team as, as, as we do, if not more. So to, for him to have to deliver that news was, um, you know, just horrible. But, you know, we... We still, the night it was canceled, our men's team was, every year we go to Braden's house, the NCAA team, and he get, makes us, or he gets us dinner, and um, we just, like, kind of sit and have a good time, and um, even though NCAAs was canceled, Braden still had us over at his house, and, you know, we were all cracking jokes, and, you know, obviously everyone's a little upset, but, you know, we were we were all there for each other, the men's team, the women's team, you know, we were, we were there for them too, because they were going to have a killer NCAAs this year. I mean, or last year, sorry, but their, their team was so good. Um, so we really, the men's team really, really felt for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was really just the cohesion of, of the men's and women's team that really helped get everyone through it. I've heard you talking a lot about your relationships. I've heard you talk about your family, your coaches, your teammates, your girlfriend. How do these relationships help you or intersect with your swimming? Um, yeah, I mean, my girlfriend is on, she's a senior on the team this year. So she's obviously around swimming and she knows she's very invested in, in her swimming and my swimming and the team in general. So you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, when we go to a meet and she might not swim well, but I swim well, you know, it's kind of like a balance of, you know, making someone feel better, but you know, she's always there for me. Um, I like to think I'm always there for her. Hopefully she feels the same. Um, but yeah, she's, she's been a really good support system for the past, you know, few years. Um, (laughs) my, my family, uh, my dad was my coach for a long time when I was, when I was younger and, uh, that wasn't great back then. Uh, (laughs) I wanted to, I wanted to quit when I was 13. Um, but he wouldn't let me. So yeah, uh, that was, that was an interesting dynamic, but you know, he still tries to coach me a little bit. Um, (laughs) my favorite thing that he does is sometimes he'll, um, he'll like text me something right after a race and I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's – sorry, my cat is – No, like, oh. that's okay. <laughs> I'll be like, Bring oh, yeah. Bring Josh in. <laughs> he want, he's at the door now. He'll, okay. he'll come back. He'll come back when he's, when he's ready. Um, but, yeah, uh, my dad will text me something after the race, and I'll just respond with, oh, yeah, that's what Braden said. And my, my dad's <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Like, he, he, 
still tries to coach me sometimes. And uh, my, my mom doesn't know a whole lot about, you know, competitive swimming. She was a professional triathlete. Um, wow. But yeah, she didn't, she never really did pool swimming. She did a lot of open water stuff. So she, <laughs> funny story about my mom watching me swim is that she doesn't. So <laughs> <laughs> why? She gets too nervous. Yeah, um, I can see that. <laughs> so she doesn't watch the start because she's afraid we're going to fall start. She doesn't watch the 15 meter mark. Like she won't watch from the start till 15 because she's afraid I'm going to go back or like go <laughs> past. She doesn't watch the turns because she's afraid I'm going to mess that up, like miss it or something. <laughs> So she really doesn't watch any of the race. <laughs> she's just like when I watch a scary movie. Don't tell me. She's there. Oh, that is so she's, funny. She's, she's always physically there. there. She, <laughs> always there. I think she maybe missed two, three meets of my whole college career. But um, yeah, she, she'll she go back and like watch the ESPN coverage or whatever it is, but she does not watch it live. <laughs> wow. So So besides having great support. What's another aspect of, you know, we always ask what, you know, what makes a champion, you're a champion, obviously having the support of the people around you is so important to you and it's made you who you are, but what other, what other personal qualities do you think you and other champions share? Hey, Hey, I hate losing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that ties into my family again, because I'm the youngest of four and we all are very competitive. We all hate losing. Uh, board games were very interesting growing up, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I just, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just really, I hate losing. Um, you know, I always want to just get my hand on the wall first or yeah. I mean, that's really what kind of drives me in, in practice. Any others, any other characteristics of champions? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I feel like most people say that, you know, they, they're super serious, but like I said, I'm super goofy. I think that helps me a lot where, like I said, I hate losing, but I try to brush it off. You know, if it's, if I can and just try to have as much fun as possible. Um, yeah. I mean, I just, I don't, I, I don't swim because I mean, Although the ISL is great for, for, uh, you know, living and everything, you know, it's not a huge money sport. So I do it because I, you know, I, I really do enjoy swimming. I, you know, I, I like going, getting up and going to practice every day. It's not something where I wake up and I'm like, oh, I got to drag, drag my butt to practice now. No, I like, I, I really do enjoy going to practice, whether it's, you know, I don't, I don't know if I like putting myself through pain or if it's, I just like being around other people who, you know, they make me smile and practice. So I think, yeah, just really having fun is, is something that I try to do better than every other, everybody else. That's great. Yeah. So a little different twist on um, characteristics that champions share. How about routines, rituals, habits that, you know, are, are unique to Coleman Stewart? what do you do repetitively that, you know, you need to do to be a champion? Um, I was, I was talking to my girlfriend about this uh, when I was reading over these potential questions and she, uh, she said going to bed early. Cause w- when it's like 
which she she is a you know she goes to bed pretty late um for the most part but i i do not when i'm heading into a big meet i like to be in bed at 8 30 at the latest wow and yeah so i need to get my sleep um <laughs> i think that's something that i do that's probably a little bit different yeah other than that i mean i something that I cut out, not cut out, but I cut down on a lot is fast food. You know, I think that's something that I did a lot, a lot better this past year. Um, but yeah, diet, just, um, small things like that. I think my mindset is all the little things add up. Um, Mm. so whether it's, you know, eating something that I shouldn't, or, you know, not going all out on a 50 all out. I think, even if it's like 99%, there's still that 1% that I could be doing better. So yeah. Those are, those are excellent. Those are really, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Those are really good ones. So what has been the biggest obstacle in your life so far? Uh, that's a pretty tough question. Cause I have been very fortunate where I haven't had to overcome very many, um, but I think the the biggest one was my sophomore year uh, coming back in August, I got a hernia mm-hmm. and so I had to have surgery and I was out of the water for, um, I was away from the team for what ended up being around two months. Wow. My first full week of practice was mid-October. Um, and, you know, obviously when someone tells you you need to have surgery and it's like, you know, in my, in my core area. So being an underwater swimmer, it was kind of like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was like, this, this is not good. Um, but it really, I mean, it just speaks to the support that Braden gave me. Um, he was, you know, there for it 100%. I remember talking to him. He was in Taipei when I learned that I had it for uh, world university games in 2017. Um, but his first thing was like, all right, we'll come up with a plan and, you know, we'll get you back. And we'll like, there was no hesitation of, there was no worry for him that it wasn't going to still be a great season where in my mind, I was like, how am I going to catch up to everybody? And, um, we've talked about it a lot and we think Braden especially thinks that that's really where my mindset pivoted. Um, Hmm. because when I did get back, it was full panic. Like I'm two months behind. I need to catch up to everyone as soon as possible. If I want any chance of, um, doing anything this season. So yeah, I think that was probably the best, one of the best swimming season or like training seasons just because I was so far behind. And then, you know, I ended up winning NCAAs that year. So that was, something that if you had told me that and that earlier that year, I just wouldn't have believed you. And it was really just Braden helping me overcome that mentally and being, being there to make a plan and, and everything was just huge for me. What did you, what did you learn from that? Cause a lot of swimmers out there think, ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so swimmers out That's there cute. think that, you know, if you miss two months at the beginning of the season, you're done or, or athletes, we, we just did a show on injuries. So what, what are you, what did you learn Coleman from that experience? Um, I mean, 
obviously it, it was a physical setback, but it, what it really taught me was your mind can do so much more than what you think. Like my first, one of my first workouts back, I had done very little aerobic stuff. Like I was able to do flutter kick and pull, and I could only do it separately leading into like the, the full blown workouts that I was able to do again. And one of the first, first ones back, I was like keeping up with everybody. So I was like, I don't really understand how this is working because physically this shouldn't be what I, what I'm doing. But mentally I was like, I mean, you have no, no choice. This is what you're doing. And, um, you know, I think another thing similar to that is we have an underwater group workout, which, you know, it's fully focused on underwater kicking and, you know, uh, um, making sure you can hold your kicks for a whole hundred, 200, whatever it is. And I wasn't able to do dolphin kicks yet. So I had to do the whole thing flutter kick. And we do a lot of um, work with drag socks and using, you know, doing underwater dolphin kicks with drag socks is easier than doing underwater flutter kick with drag socks and you know not being able to do dolphin kicks I had to do flutter kick and I was still like doing everything that everyone else was and I think that was a big mindset change was you know I'm still doing this even though I'm doing flutter kick rather than dolphin kick and just that mentally opened up a lot of different doors down the road that yeah, I mean, I think it was just, you know, a big mental mental block that I was able to get over through having a hernia. Are you you sure in that surgery, Coleman, that they didn't put a bionic set of abs <laughs> in you? <laughs> That'd be cool. I'm not, I'm not certain. I'll have to double check. <laughs> so, oh, that's- yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Just, you know, having the fear and also having been out of the water, you're probably really glad to get back to, to training. But but, the, but something happened during that time where you realized, wait, my mind is much more powerful than I gave it credit for. And I can do much more than I ever thought I could. That's, I would say that's a characteristic of champions. <laughs> but one of my questions I had for you that we, at the beginning of the show, I wanted to ask. So swimmers aren't known for being rich athletes professionally, right? Mm-hmm. But once the ISL came around and, you know, as you said, it's still not going to, it's not going to make you a billionaire but did did you think oh you know there's something when I when I make a certain amount of money there's something I really want to (laughs) buy like when I'm rich from swimming ISL I'm gonna get myself a I really really want a Jeep Gladiator okay (laughs) the the Jeep pickup truck is my dream car and (laughs) uh one of the guys on the team has it uh or one of our yeah one of the pro team on the pro team and I have to look at it every day and every day I just think I want that so that's that's what I'm going for <laughs> the chief gladiator I love it uh, Maria isn't that what your husband has no he has or- a jeep it's not a gladiator it's the, it's the regular kind of the high-end jeep and he's wanted it you know he's 57 he's wanted it his whole life so he finally just got it for himself and I was going, what do you want that thing for? <laughs> but he loves it. He loves it. It's great in the snow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we actually, we also have a farmy four wheels. You know, we go through, you know, he said, watch this. I can go through anything. 
That's the goal. That's the goal. Good for so, him. do you do you have a vision board or a goal board or do you, like would you That's put a, a picture question. of that Jeep on the on your goal board you or how, how do you how do you set picture your goals? on your wall? I don't see yeah. it on your wall there. <laughs> um, I actually don't. I think this is something that I do differently as well. I don't write my goals down. I really don't have goal times. I because I think that's kind of what hurt me in 2019 was I was so focused on winning and, and that end of this, the end of year goal where I really just set a goal for myself every day in practice of, are you like, just do the best that you can do today to make sure that at the end of the year, you're in the best position to do what you need to do what you want to do. So, I mean, obviously with the hundred yard backstroke, I wanted to break the record. That was my goal. I didn't achieve it, but you know, I didn't break my, I didn't, you know, beat myself up for it because I knew that I had done every, like most, mostly what I could leading up to it. And I, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I don't really, yeah. I just don't write my goals. Um, just really, I think I get in my own head too much when I do that. So so what is, so what's next for, for you, Coleman, like between now and obviously Olympic trials, uh, what, what's kind of between now and trials? A lot of long course training. Um, I think that, yeah, I mean, obviously my underwaters can help drive short course meters, short course yards. The biggest thing that I have to do is train a lot more of the swimming aspect of the sport of swimming. Um, so a lot of backstroke stuff, a lot of butterfly freestyle, long course training, um, few meets here and there, but yeah, uh, b- next big thing is, is Olympic trials. And what do you think your, your best event for trials is going to be? Are you going to go hundred fly as well? I mean, you were NCAA runner up in the hundred fly. Yeah. I mean, think the hundred free is pretty stacked. Uh, America is really good at, at hundred free this year. America's really good at backstroke. Um, so yeah, I think hundred fly is probably going to be my, my best bet. Um, yeah, I mean, my main goal is to just get on the national team. That's something that I haven't done yet. So yeah. Awesome. So what are you looking forward to the most both in the pool and out of the pool in the next say five years, five years. Um, I would say I'm looking forward to the ISL again. Um, I think that's going to, if, you know, if it takes off, which I really, really hope it does. I think that is something that swimmers are going to really, really enjoy. Um, so that I, a year, hopefully, you know, every year, that's something that I can look forward to out of the pool. I am very excited to be done with college. I still have one more semester. So once I'm done with that, uh, just fully focus on, on swimming and training and then, yeah, see, see where it goes from there. So Coleman, we're, uh, we're trying something new and it may not work, but if, uh, if, if it doesn't, we'll just edit it out. If it's in here, then great. So Maria and I are both health, life, and leadership coaches. We coach a lot of 
really high level people, we would want to present to you. Is there anything in your life? Like if you just think for a second, what could I use some help with? And we're talking anything from relationships to finances, to your, your health, to, um, you know, being a better leader. Is there anything that you could present to us? If, if we gave you a free consult of what in Coleman Stewart's life might you go to a coach for? Is there anything besides Braden? We're not talking about underwaters or, you know, your backstroke, (laughs) but outside of the pool, if you got a free coaching consultation, would there be anything like, oh yeah, let me talk to those two about that. Definitely. Um, Yeah. I mean, the, the one thing I was talking to my girlfriend about this the other day is, you know, this year, although it's brought a lot of great stuff, well, First, I mean, obviously the pandemic has been, you know, that's a lot of horrible stuff. Um, but, you know, personally, other than, you know, NCAA is being taken away and, you know, just the pandemic again, horrible. But, you know, with the ISL and this hundred back the, that, you know, I swam, it's brought a lot of really good stuff. And, and, uh, but I, a lot of stuff that I've struggled with is, I've, I've been so close in so many different like races, you know, in the ISL, I got second and third by less than a 10th so many times. Um, the hundred back, I was 0.13 off the American record. You know, I just want to, I've just been kind of struggling with, with that and trying to understand like, I mean, not why, cause I do understand why, but you know, it's just, something that has been kind of like, you know, hitting me recently. And I don't know if you guys can even help with that or not, but I just, you know, no, I think that's, talk I about think that's it. a great question. And I would just, you know, as a coach, we always start with, you know, where you've come and who you are. And um, that's why you're on the show. You're on the show because you're, you're a huge winner already. But what I think, the question you're asking is like, I, I feel like I'm in second too, too much. I'm just so close to, to, to that win. You know, is there something wrong with the way I'm thinking about it? Is that the question? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's a good way to phrase it. Much shorter right. than mine as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let you go on that one first, Kelly. Okay. So this is, this is a great question. So Coleman, I think if you were uh a 90 pound weakling on the beach, you know, the guy that gets sand kicked in his face and, and you decide you're going to, you're tired of being a a wimpy weakling and you decide I'm going to the gym. I'm going to get buffed. I'm going to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger after this, but right now you're, you need to put on a lot of muscle. You go to the gym the first day you come back and you look in the mirror, nothing's there. And then you go for a week, nothing's there. And then you go for even three months. And there's very little improvement. That's the way life is. It's the sculptor hammering away at one little, you know, one little piece until it finally breaks. So you're, you're, as Maria and I like to say, you need to helicopter up to the 50,000 foot view and look at the intro that we gave you here and look at what you're doing and just know you're about to break that mold. You know, when you're before you were 14th at NCAAs your freshman year, and then you were first and then you were second and then you probably would have been first. So it's, it's the long game. So you just have to look at the long game right now. You're in the short game, but 
we can't see our hair grow, but it's growing. We can't see, mm-hmm. you know, our muscles being built, but they're being built. So I think if you just helicopter up a little bit and, and also celebrate, that's one of the things that we give to our, uh, most people who are successful, they don't stop to celebrate. And while, yeah, it's been a second and a third and I'm just missed the record. Those things are coming guaranteed if you just stay on the track and, you know, and keep your head up. So the, that would be the, you know, the one minute answer to just know that you're in it for the long game and that you're deserving, you're doing what you can do and that it's going to happen. And, I, you know, I would add to that, just based on what you've, you've told us today in the show, you put a lot of pressure on yourself. You said um, in NCAAs, your junior year, when you touched, you looked up and you were second, you were devastated, even though it was the best time for you. And one of the things that you've sort of said continuously as we've talked today is I'm trying not to put too much pressure on myself because I get in my own way. And I, you know, you... I think that's what's happening now. I think that's why you're having the success you're having is you're, you're really emphasizing, you're saying to yourself, I love swimming. I love practice. I love competing. And I, I want to do this. And so you're, you're starting to learn to get out of your own way. And I think that that's going to continue to pay off. So I, I agree with Kelly, you're on the right track. You're, you know, you're getting closer and closer and closer. And one day, I mean, you're so young, <laughs> one day you're going to be that guy. Um, well, you're already that guy from, you know, from our perspective or you wouldn't be on this show, but, um, but yeah, you're going to be, uh, you're going to touch and, and then it's going to be, how long can I keep this first place position, <laughs> but it's going to be there. Yeah. And then I, I would add another thing and observing you just for the last, you know, 40 minutes or however long we've been talking is that you've got to get rid of any negative talk, even though it's true that some backstrokers mm-hmm. legs die on the last 25 yeah. Truly, it should never come into your consciousness. My legs always die on the last 25. That's just, I mean, that's not swear. Or if coaching. it comes, just say, go away. Yeah. <laughs> that thought. Or, yeah. or, or if it, it, it may not happen. I mean, yeah. you know, there yeah. are those golden races and Maria and I are both, you know, elite athletes from, you know, some races. Yeah. Nine out of 10, maybe the legs die and you're in that painful zone, but maybe that one race at Olympic trials you're going to feel better on the last 25 meters of that long course hundred than you've ever felt. So don't pre-program my legs always die on the last 25. They may not. So just no negative talk. And then the one that shocked me was when you said you showed up at the ISL bubble and all these superstars are there. (laughs) Coleman, you're a superstar. You just, I mean, and, and it's, it's, it's a combination of, yeah, you know, everybody needs to be humble but you also need to see yourself as the winner you are. The winner you are. I mean, can Caleb Dressel beat you in the hundred back? <laughs> He's never slum it, but they, you yeah. know. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just kidding with that. But yeah, you are in your own right a superstar. You got third at the ISL finals with, you know, everybody else in the world. You were right, right. on the tail of the Olympic champion and the world record holder. So it is really important what you tell yourself. Kelly changed it's really, my, yeah. the trajectory of my life by saying, Maria, you're, you're an athlete. I mean, you know, it's, it's a simple thing, but you know, you are a winner. You're on your way up. <laughs> you know, you're I mean, a winner. Yeah, you're more than on your way up. You're, <laughs> you're, you're there. All, you're up. You're there. So, you're there. so 
people are looking at you as a celebrity as, oh my gosh, like I'm going to get off of this and go, I got to talk to Coleman Stewart. And it's not just about you being an NC Stater like me. Truly, you are one of the hottest names. You you get, you know, you have a huge headline this weekend, um, Swim Swam with like one of the most commented articles. Like people are, people are talking about Coleman Stewart. People are talking about what you're doing. So you need to just see that vision and, and do, I know, I think, Think, I'm not 100% sure, but I don't think you guys do a whole lot of visualization at NC State, do you? Or do you not? Do you do any mental like training and in- visualization? Um, not really as a team, but I, I do visualize a lot every, every night before I go to bed. Okay. So, so that makes, so see yourself, you know, leading off the relay at the Olympic Games on the Hunter back with Caleb Dressel being your butterflyer. And then I don't know we're going to say Cody Miller because he's been on this show (laughs) doing the breaststroke, you know, see that, see those, those, um, see that image because the you're of that caliber and you just, again, I'm not swim coaching you here, but I'm just coaching the mental talk in your head, the mindset. So yeah, I think we've solved this Maria. What do you think? (laughs) Well, I guess we have to ask Coleman. Do you feel any better Coleman? (laughs) I do. I do. Thank you very much. <laughs> do you, do you feel like you got any tools to go forward from absolutely what we just said? That's the only right answer. Awesome. So very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm lying. No, no, I'm yeah, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Well, your, your paycheck's in the mail. We'll, we'll, yeah. get, it. we'll get it out there. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, um, the very last question where you want to ask it before we do the sprint. Uh, yeah. Just be out of here. You know, in case we haven't, um, covered it. Is there anything that we haven't asked you that you'd like to just tell, say? Um, I mean, I think we covered a lot of really good stuff. Um, you know, you got, you guys have helped me. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I am doing a swim camp, uh, in Wilmington with Wilmington swim Academy in December, late December, mid December 19th and 20th, I believe. Um, so and yeah, I have my, yeah, come on out. I have my own swim camp thing that I'm starting up a uh, fifth stroke swim camp. Um, so nice. yeah, where can we find Focuses that about on that? underwaters? <laughs> yeah. Uh, fifth, it's, we have a Instagram, Twitter, fifth stroke or at fifth stroke camp. And then fifth stroke swim camp.com, I believe is the web address, but I can't we'll remember. Put it in the notes. Head, well, which is pretty yeah. bad. If you <laughs> we'll let us know, if you, you will put it in the show notes for our listeners. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Uh, and then round. we have one okay, yeah. quick sprinter round, the speed round, sprinter round, and all it's, we're just looking for quick questions here and oh, then boy. we'll get you out quick of here. Answers, Cause I'm sure yeah. you're starving after some practice. Okay. <laughs> quick answers. Hey, Cat or dog. <laughs> you both. better say I'm sorry. Really? Oh my gosh. Oh God. Did the cat just leave the room? <laughs> he's really Josh, a dog. No, he's Josh he's is a dog person, but he's stuck with a cat. So he's being very careful. Oh, I know. Wait a minute. The cat's your girlfriend. That was hilarious. <laughs> We've got you. We figured it out. Okay. All right, Coleman. Uh, even though I'm wearing blue, uh, red or blue for you? Red. Of course. Milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Milk. Kickboard or no kickboard? Mm, no kickboard. 
I knew it. Mountains or beach? Beach. Football or baseball? Football. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Morning person or night owl? Morning. Very All good. right, That's Maria, you got to go the rest. Yeah, favorite color. <laughs> we already know. Red. Favorite. Okay, favorite pizza topping. Uh, pepperoni. Favorite vegetable. Brussels sprouts. <laughs> oh wow, that's a first. I love it. I love Brussels sprouts. <laughs> only only roasted or fried though. Um, okay, oh, yeah. swim. Your favorite USA swim complex that you've you've swum in. What was that? Sorry. Your favorite swim complex in the U.S. that you've swum in? Probably San Antonio. Hmm. Uh, do you, uh, if you listen to music, is, is there a song on your pre, pre-race playlist you can tell us about? Um, I don't really listen to music before a race. Okay. What's your shoe size? 11. Do you, and we know you have siblings. <laughs> what you said you had... Three others, right? Yep. Okay, yeah, I have and... two older sisters and an older brother. Okay. Uh, favorite Star Wars character? Yoda. <laughs> okay, good. Yoda. <laughs> uh, and so the, this this one is, I love this question, can you cook? But I already know the answer because I listened to an interview right at, when COVID started. You said you had to go home because I didn't know <laughs> if you could take care of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that cracked me up. I'm sure your parents were delighted. But anyway, I'll just ask, can you cook? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm learning how to slowly. Okay. <laughs> and I can't even say slowly, but surely, but slowly <laughs> I am. <laughs> uh, what word comes to mind when you dive in the water in a, in a race? What first, what, what's the word that comes to mind first when you drive into the water? I don't know. I'm the first thing that I think about is my kick count. So I just like details of the race. The process. I love it. Yeah. That's All right, Coleman. It has been awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. You've been a delight to talk to. It's now time for the takeaways. Maria, you and I have heard the takeaways are the best part of the show. That's right, Kelly, because the takeaways are curated information, which is what we give to our clients when we coach them. If you would like to take your performance to the next level in health, life, or leadership, go to our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. Yes, just click on our coaching page and book there. We're looking forward to bringing out the champion in you. And now, the takeaways. So, Maria, as you know, I was a fan. I was a fan girl, and yes, just you went were crazy. <laughs> so, um, I, I had there was a lot that I, I would love you know to summarize, but we just do our two each. So, what was your first one? Oh uh, well, I, I, I knew it a little bit going in, but then he just really emphasized that his his support system is so important to him and so necessary for his success. So he talked about his teammates, his girlfriend. It's a lot about his coach, Braden Holloway. Uh, you know, he talked about his family a lot. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's really that, you know, he is obviously the kind of person who needs those people around him to keep him from, you know, getting in his head too much. And, you know, you said at the beginning of the show, you reminded me, reminded of us of your nephew, my son. And that is exactly how he is too. It's like, if he spends too much time alone, it's not good for him. So, so I think the takeaway for me is, for a lot of us, and, th- and this would be true for me too, y- 
you need to bounce things off of people. You need to have the energy and the positivity that comes from other people, especially if you're a really serious person who is very important to succeed. Those people, you know, that he, that he swims with, that his family, they keep him, they keep him light. They, they help him to, to, you know, to become the best person he can be and to get out of his own way. So support system, super, super important. What about you? Yeah. He, he gets Mm. energy from people. You know, he, he loves working at, like he said, he wakes up in the morning. He doesn't mind going. He said, I don't, I don't know. He said, I don't know if it's that I don't, um, I like pain. pain. I just like to be around the, my my teammates. So I I liked, I think that was a good one. So my first one was, you know, a lot of times we ask these 22, 23 year old superstars, um, what obstacles they have and they just don't have any. Well, having a hernia going into a college season, a hernia is pretty, it's a pretty serious thing. And, you know, especially kept them out of the water for two months. That must have been so frustrating. And also it's your core. Like your hernia is like, that's his, his thing is his underwater is his fifth stroke, his, his Mm -hmm. dolphin kicking. So Mm -hmm. um, for him to, I think the lesson there for anyone is, he might've thought he, you know, he called Braden and he said, Hey, I've got this hernia. And he might've initially thought that it was going to ruin his season. And when we are out in the world and we have these setbacks two months out of something, or, you know, you're, you're unemployed for two months, or you've, you've, you've got the COVID and you're, you're down for two months. You think, you know, it's never going to get better, but that was actually his best season in his NCAA career. When that same season, he won, uh, the NCAA title. So, so I think just the lesson there that I got was, you know, just, you just got to endure and he did it and, and it doesn't, a setback can set you up for a comeback. I love yeah. that. That's a, that's a, that's a, I, I think it, somebody said it, but I love Joel Olstein says a setback is just a setup for a comeback. <laughs> That's perfect. Well, yeah. certainly that, that is exactly how he used it. He came back and had his best uh, NCAAs. And so anyway, yeah. Yeah. How about There's, your second one? Uh, well, I, I loved what he said at the end, all the little things add up, you know, he's, he, he goes to bed early. He doesn't eat junk food or he's trying not to eat junk food. He, he, he's putting every little ingredient in, and this is a common theme in champions we just keep coming back to it. You know, the, the 24 hour athlete, you can't, you can't work out hard and then trash your body um, later. So, and, you know, and when, you know, he said, all, he mentioned uh, sleep and nutrition, but this, you know, it's also the mental sides and, you know, having fun and relaxation, all these things do add up to make a champion. So I, you know, I think that's a great takeaway. Yes. And I know, I know Braden has, has ingrained that in him. And interestingly, if you remember, we just um, interviewed Todd DeSorbo from UVA, who was a seven-year assistant coach and coached, helped coach. um, I mean, Braden's been coaching uh, Coleman, but certainly Todd was on deck with Coleman and Todd had the all day long, that it's all All day day long. long. And that's exactly what um, Coleman has that, you know, Every little thing adds up. So I think that was beautiful, beautiful. Uh, my last? second thing was um, his visualization, his practice of visualizing. He said he visualizes every night and though he doesn't set goals. So some of us sit down with a pen and paper and we write goals. Coleman's goals are in his mind. 
So he's right. seeing himself achieving a time or setting a record or making a team. So he's seeing those, but he's not formally writing them down. So I love that, that, you know, Hey, if you're not necessarily putting pen to paper or putting a post-it note on your bathroom mirror that he's, he said he visualizes every night. And I think that is a great tool for us people that are busy. We may not have time to go to a, you know, a, goal setting workshop or sit down and write out our goals. But if we, as we're falling asleep every night to see what is that thing that you really want to come into fruition, closing your eyes and thinking about it. So I, I really like that one a lot. I did too. And I think that, you know, when you visualize, you can, you can pair with your visu- visualizations, joy and, and, and happiness, whereas a written goal, not, you know, you, not necessarily. So lying bed in, at night or during the day, visualizing, you can, you can see yourself and you can feel the happiness. And I think that's what makes it work. You can feel the emotions around it. So I love that too. Yes. Wonderful. All right, Maria. Well, another one in the books. Thank you so much. I love you. I and, love you uh, too, Kelly. It was thanks, a great one. Maria. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. This week's quote of the week comes from Coleman Stewart. When I don't hit a goal, I don't beat myself up for it because I know I've done everything I could going into it. You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast with host Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Champions Mojo is produced by Cobra Media and a new episode debuts every Tuesday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Follow Champions Mojo on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Champions Mojo.